Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, excited to be back in studio. I have said many, many times on this podcast that my favorite Jesus moments are his one-on-one interactions with people. And today, we have a one-on-one interaction in studio. Uh, I've got a good friend in studio that we'll get to in just a second. But I want to thank you so much, wherever you're listening, literally around the world, um, for your support for Elevate, for continuing this ministry going, and um, for allowing us to have a space where we can just come and talk and, and, and open up and learn about our struggles and our personalities and the good and the bad, and most importantly, that we're great sinners, but we have an even better Savior. And so I thank you for that. Your support of the podcast continues to show, and uh, you and God teaming up to do amazing things uh, will continue to make this ministry go forward. So I have a uh, a great man, a leader on campus. <laughs> He's looking at me right now, hating everything I'm saying. It's okay. He's a humble man as well. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. You were on the ep- uh, podcast actually a couple weeks ago, and we just kind of talked and said, man, let's get a little one-on-one, get to know you a little bit better, and, and let's talk about some things. So Sir, go ahead and reintroduce yourself and, and what you do on campus for the university. All right. Hey, Kelvin. Hello, family. It's an honor for, it's an honor to me to be part of this wonderful ministry in this occasion, in this uh, podcast recording. Uh, my name is Alan Diaz. I am a sophomore theology major, psychology minor student here at Southwestern Adventist University. I have the privilege to serve God working in spiritual life and development. Mm-hmm. What I, um, the, what my, my position in which I serve God is a student chaplain of personal ministries uh, and a small groups coordinator as well. I also happen to be a Greek tutor, uh, <laughs> all the oh, theo boy. majors. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> uh, we, we, we try, uh, we try to serve God as, as much as we can. And it's like I mentioned, it's an honor to be to be sitting in this room and to be part of this of this amazing ministry. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Listen, we were talking before we started recording, actually, and it's something that I kind of want you to to touch on because I think I think as Christians we can look at the landscape of the world right now and we can get very easily scared. And I think the devil wants us to be easily scared. But you mentioned something that just gave me goosebumps and, and just kind of like a good a good idea of what the present and future can hold. And we were talking about, you know, the new kids on campus, very spiritual, just, just I, I'm just curious, as someone that's in the department and, and kind of deals with this, your landscape, as you see it now for like the future of Southwestern and the spiritual leaders, what does it look like for you right now? Yeah, fam, uh, I gotta be honest, at the beginning of this school year, um, I, I I was concerned. I, it's a fact that I was concerned uh, because most of our leaders are graduating. Mm. Um, God willing, they are graduating. Amen. Uh, and, I'm amen. right there, God willing. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, we get to have this great year. Last year was great. God really um, shows up and he is present. And um, as we look through the, as we look towards the future, we get to realize that <laughs> Most of our leaders leaders are not gonna be here in mm-hmm. seven eight months, and we do need people to step in. And uh, for those of us that are staying, it it kind of looks a little scary. Like oh wow, so uh, the, it's it's gonna be my turn. It's gonna be our turn to take 
larger, greater positions, more yeah. than one department. So uh, what, what I'm trying to say with this is that uh, when, when the first year students, when our freshman students came, uh, interacting with them, uh, spending time with them, I got to realize that we, this campus is more blessed that I, that I ever thought. Mm. Uh, this class is really, is sincerely consecrated. Wow. It's considered um, sincerely, as honestly dedicated to God. Um I have to say it's more the 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 females and the males, but on both sides there's people that you do see them carrying their Bibles around campus. Uh, I I am a theo major, and sometimes, being honest, fam, sometimes I feel a little strange because uh, to see to be the only one doing it, even in an Adventist atmosphere, it feels strange already. It's just not the norm. We're not used to seeing right. that. Right, it, right, We're not used to seeing that. So for me to see three, four. Uh, first-year students sitting on the grass reading their Bibles, mm. none of them being religion or theo or anything related. It, it's just very encouraging and having conversations with them um, from time to time that you pull up a Bible verse and then you feel a little strange, right? You feel like, am I being too religious? Am I being too spiritual? And it's very impressing that they answer back with another Bible verse or they answer back mm -hmm. showing, uh, bringing context of what you're saying, uh, showing that they are interested in what you're saying. Uh, I, even the very first time I realized this was the core week Vespers. I, I had the privilege to host um, together with a friend and we we had to be earlier. Uh, there was people already in the church, even though there was still 10 minutes. It, it was 10 minutes before service would start. There was people, there was first year students already sitting on the benches with their Bibles, they uh, well-dressed, all ready to praise God and to receive the Sabbath. And that's, it just brings so much hope. It brings so much energy, joy, and uh, motivation. Recently, I've been doing a lot of thinking about the gifts that God gives us and the talents that God gives us and how he, I think he's called every one of us to be a leader, mm. big or even small. Right. It doesn't matter where you are um, because I think we all have an influence whether we think we do or, or not, right? I'm just kind of curious how you found your calling. You're obviously studying theology. When did that moment hit for you? Uh, was it a situation? Was it a conversation with God, family, friend? When did you know this is where God wanted you to be? Um, absolutely, it's an it's a it's an honor to um, share what God has done. Um, I I don't like to call it my testimony. Mm -hmm. um, I like when people say my testimony is not mine, but it's the story of Jesus in my life, the story of God in my life. Uh, my parents are both uh, Seventh Day Adventists. My the four of my grandparents, the four of them are uh, Seventh Day Adventists. So pretty much, I grew up in an atmosphere where Adventism was in my veins. I could say sure without even realizing it. Yeah. Um. Since I was little, I would see pastors. I would see elders. I would see people speaking on the pulpit with power and authority, and that would just motivate me so much to one day be like them mm -hmm. 
and um I, I don't mean to like speak for too long uh, uh i'm trying to keep this short uh, when i was about 10 years old i was with one of my friends in church and he um purpose dropped some water on me i got mad and i <laughs> punched him <laughs> in the bathroom of the church uh i was really happy because i punched my friend we were like 10 years old <laughs> and there, there was this uh church brother who saw everything and um so I thought, great, he's going to tell my parents and I'm about to get beat up when we get home. <laughs> yep, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, us Hispanics, we got el cinto, la chantla. Uh-huh. Everything. And whatever anything is in that, the room. Anything that mom was holding was viable to be used to teach you a lesson. <laughs> uh, so that that day after service was done, this brother who saw me hitting my punching my friend in the bathroom uh, uh comes to me he approaches me and he says alan i've been observing you i thought great he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna tell me like repent uh-huh. change your ways no right um he said i've been observing you and i believe you could be a great preacher when i close my eyes and I focus on preaching. What I get to see is the passion in his eyes when he said that. Wow. He stared at my eyes, went down a little bit. I was 10. He he leveled his side on the same side as me. And with his hand on my shoulder said, I believe you could be a great preacher. He wrote a sermon. And for about two months, he drove every day, 40, 45 minutes to my house to train me to preach this sermon. Every day he taught me how to stand. If you you were to ask me right now how to stand, I I cannot explain. I, I don't really remember the words that he told me, but when I stand on the pulpit, I believe the spirit of God brings everything he taught me into my mind yeah unconsciously he taught me how to stand he taught me how to regulate my voice when to go intense when to go slow down where to pause he taught me the context i i didn't understand half of the sermon Uh, he he taught me he trained me and uh, the day came that i got to preach Uh, and that day probably was the happiest day of my life all this at the age of 10 yeah. Uh I remember the night before we went to the church together with my parents and uh he wanted me to preach the sermon on the pulpit, uh in the very same pulpit with the very same venture scenario. So when I will stand there the next day and it will be um familiar. Fam- it will be familiar, right. And I remember the pulpit happened to be taller than me. <laughs> so I said, praise God, I'm not, people is not gonna see me. They're just gonna listen to my voice, and there that's it. Go. So I was, I thought I was chilling. I was like, all right, I don't mind if there's five thousand people outside. Sure, nobody's gonna see me. So I show up the next day, and they they brought <laughs> they brought a step, a stool, yeah, a yeah, stool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people would see me, and uh, and that that day was probably the best day of my life. Mm. Um, later on, I. I got to know that he was having marital uh, conflict 
and that was kind of his way to go away from it. Uh-huh. And uh, I I own this brother so much. And he he was the first. Uh, I wouldn't say the first. He was one of the first people who interacting with them helped me to understand a little better who is Jesus. Mm. Uh, what is Jesus? And my dad told me, well, he was having this uh, marriage conflict, uh, but God took what the enemy meant for evil mm. and he turned it for good. Mm. He turned it for good and all glory be to his name. All glory be to the name of God. Um, That was the last time I, I preached for about five, six years when I was like 15, I remember. Uh, to be honest, I, I have a really bad fight with cursing uh in mexico we do curse a lot it's part of our culture and it's not something that i'm proud of i'm very proud of my country but i'm not proud <laughs> that we do curse um unconsciously when something bad happens or like when i hit my leg or something sure the first thought that comes across my mind is is a bad word right and it's a daily fight to leave that behind right and uh so i i attempt uh, and I pray for the Spirit of God to set me free from it. Uh, and I remember when I was 16, man, every out of four, four words I would say, five will be bad words. Uh, and I was not doing very well uh, with other stuff. And I remember one day I came back home. I was home alone. Um, and then I realized my dad's laptop was open. And I was having... that. That was the first time that I that I smoke. Um, I didn't even like it. Um, praise God, I didn't like it. Um, and brother, uh, sister, if you get to smoke, I don't consider myself any better than, than you or, or anyone. Um, we are all in the process of refinement. Mm-hmm. and um, Every day. Every day. Yeah. yeah. And all of us, each of us, we have our battles, uh, different scenarios. But God is... He never stopped having the control and mm. he has never lost the battle. Uh, that was the first day that I smoked. That was the first day that I did some other things. I came to my house desperate to cry. I was so embarrassed of myself. Uh, I got to see, before going upstairs, I got to see my dad's laptop. My, his computer was open. He was not there and no one was home. And then I went curious and I looked in the computer and what he was watching was a recording, it was a video of me preaching when I was 10. Really? And I just saw my face, my, I I do have like a baby face still, <laughs> but uh, looking at that video, I couldn't recognize myself. It was mm. what, what happened to the 10 year old me? Mm-hmm. What happened to the one everybody thought would be a pastor? What happened to the to the one that will let the Spirit of God speak? Uh, I re- and then in that moment, I remember a story of the Old Testament, the Second Chronicles 20. Uh, King Jehoshaphat was told that the Moabites and the Ammonites were coming. I, If I'm not mistaken, it was those two nations. And what he did is that he gathered the people and he prayed. Mm. 
and basically long story short he prayed god you took the inhabitants uh, and you took the people from this land away and you gave it to us the heritage of your friend abraham uh in that moment i started thinking god my my parents my dad is he, uh, is a um, church elder for a long time um he grew up pathfinders canvassing doing a lot of stuff for you mm -hmm. my mom she has always been in board meeting a lot of Uh, my my parents uh helped doing Bible studies in a place and praise the Lord now there's a church there. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents God. My grandparents as well. Uh, one of my uh, grandparents he was a lawyer, and there was a client of him, a client of his that couldn't pay him, but he had the client had a f industry of bricks, so my grandpa my grandpa Felipe was paid with. I don't know how many bricks, but he just had like a huge pile of bricks in the back of his house. And some missionaries came to his city in Mexicali. It's a border with uh, Mexico and California. And these missionaries, these uh, young people canvassing said, oh, we noticed that you happen to have a lot of bricks. And um, we are actually trying to build a church. Um, would you be interested in donating some of them? Uh, my grandpa, he 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 was dealing with alcohol. Um, his uh, childhood was a little challenging, just as mm -hmm. a lot of people from his generation. And uh, my grandpa said, "Well, I guess this is my way of saying sorry, God. I'm failing you, but here you go." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wow, the and these brothers they took the bricks and they built a church, and. My my from my that's from my mom's side from my uh -huh. dad dad's side my great grandpa he got to have twenty three, uh, children. He, I don't know how he did it. Uh, he had twenty three children. They had the huge like ranch, uh, like uh, uh country uh, uh -huh. life and all the 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 brothers, all the siblings, the niece, the uncles, aunts, um, nephews. All of them will be the ones that will work the the ranch. The there. ranch. Yes, uh, there was no Adventist presence at all, and this young man, I think, I believe he was nineteen. He was twenty, I think. Uh, he was a canvasser, came from the north to uh, the state of Jalisco, which is where my dad is from. Uh, the, even though I never lived there, I I carry it in my heart. Uh -huh. I have a, a lot, sure, of much love for Jalisco and Baja California. Um. This canvasser came to my my great grandpa. All the visitors from the town, it was a small town, will stay at my grandpa's house. He was very welcoming, and uh, they will eat there, they will sleep there, and uh, they were my grandpa, great grandpa, and all of my uh, great uncles. They were very deeply into Catholicism. Catholicism, and they will say, "We, it's okay, we're here, but just we don't believe what you say. Please stop talking about it." And little by little, my grandpa started to get a little irritated of this guy. Mm -hmm. And there was this horse, they call him El Diablo. They call him the devil, uh, this horse, because no one ever rode, uh, got on that horse and got down by, by himself or mm -hmm. herself. And the horse would kick him off. Yes, the horse would send him flying. On the feet it was that horse. And there was this morning that my grandpa sees this young man coming and the horse is right there. So he tells the the young man, "Hey, uh, would you 
would you do me a favor? Could you get on this horse? This horse is very chill. Uh, it's very like calm horse. You can, could you, would you mind to go and bring me the cow that is over there? And the young man would say, uh, I, I, I don't really have much experience, uh, with horses. Uh, he said, no, no, this, my grandpa, this, this horse is really chill. Like, it's no big deal. <laughs> Everybody around, they noticed. Sure. They stopped doing what they were doing. Like the one that was harvesting stopped harvesting. The one that were milking the cows, everybody stopped doing what they were doing because they wanted to see the young men go flying. Mm -hmm. My grandpa, like, oh my gosh, my grandpa was, uh, well, he was about to have some fun watching the young canvasser break an arm or something like that. And he says, I've never been on a horse, but I will do it gladly. He got on the horse. He got on El Diablo. And the horse walked just as any other horse. Unbelievable. Walked as any other horse. They He brought the cow back and my, my grandpa saw it. But he don't want to believe it. He don't want... Then he said, wow, uh, could you bring the other two that are over there? <laughs> and he says, of course. And he goes there. People literally comes from really far they stopped doing what they were doing and they came to the place where my grandpa and the young men were. And when he came back and got down of the horse, everybody looked at each other and my grandpa said, the the God that you talk about, I want to, I want to meet him. I want to know more about the God that you talk about. Wow. Show me this Jesus. And by, by the grace of God and for the honor and glory of his name, my grandpa and the whole family got baptized and they, they built a church. Wow. They built the very first church in Ciudad Guzman, Jalisco. And that's what started your, that was your foundation. That was my foundation. That was your family foundation. That That's uh, that's the origin. If, you, if it was not for them, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't be uh, in church. Mm. And that one day that I got home, disappointed in myself uh, overwhelmed I was thinking God my my, my grandparents my, my parents are your friends my grandparents they both built you a century and I am down here <laughs> like I'm <laughs> they, they are your friends Felipe Cleofas Delia Lupita Abel Cindy my mom they're all your friends and I'm over here letting you down and then Jehoshaphat prayed. We come to this century because your presence is in this place. And after a little bit, someone from the multitude, I, I believe his name was Jehaziel, said the verse says that he was guided by the Spirit of God, uh, and said, in, in short, the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. And the day after, they showed up to the battlefield and they literally witnessed their two enemies destroy each other in front of them. Wow. After they did, after no one was left, it took them, it took the Israelites three days to pick up all the treasures the enemies had brought and left on the field. Three days just picking up resources, treasures, money, gold. Three days. And at the fourth day, they went back, even though there was nothing to pick up, and they went back to praise. And it, it says, it uses, 
It says that the men, the women, and their children of Israel. Are, like, I cannot imagine if the whole Swahu was to gather at some point, mm. even though we're not that many students, if the place will look crowded. And everybody, and it says that they prostrated, and the verb, it indicates forehead to the floor. Wow. And they, they began to praise. They began to praise, and then they came back the fourth day, and they called that place Beraha, uh, I believe, which means blessing. And all these things, I, I I was praying, I was crying, I was I literally on the kitchen of my house. I went to the floor, my my I, I wanted to touch the floor with my front head, and I prayed, Lord, my they built you a century, my my grandparents, my parents, I haven't built you any century, I haven't never, dominated any evil horse ever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have no century, but let the century be me. Mm. Let the century be my heart. And every time that you will give me victory, I don't have a place where the battle happened, but my be my beraha, my place of blessing, will be when my my front head touches the floor. Mm. That will be my beraha. That will be my location of victory. Sure. And it, or regardless of whatever I get to be, I will my front head will touch the floor uh -huh. to praise you. And that day I committed and I said, God, I, if you want me to preach, uh, equip me, prepare me, and I will, I will do it gladly. Wow. If you want me to do, as long as you don't call me to pastoral ministry, <laughs> as long as you don't call me to be uh, to do theology anywhere and to be a pastor, I'm cool. That happened when I was about 16, maybe. Uh, and, and years later, praise the Lord, I graduated from high school. Uh, I was in a boarding school in Pennsylvania. Uh, everything was looking so bright. I wanted to be a chemical engineer. Uh, praise the Lord. I was, everything was working well to go to Walla Walla University. Okay. Uh, scholarships, uh, transfer, uh, transcripts. And COVID hit. And it was a huge 180. Mm. Uh, Walla Walla couldn't receive me anymore. My other two or third um, options couldn't receive me anymore. So I thought about going to Brazil for college. Uh, and during the time since they start in the winter or winter is their summer and our summer is their winter um, I was getting ready to go there and somebody mentioned to me Southwestern and I heard about it before but I was not really convinced uh, uh, to do what I wanted to do I would have to do four years of uh, chemistry BS and then three years of engineering Whew. so I was not really motivated to do those seven years and I looked through the majors, keeping in mind the promise that I did to God that one day. Um, I realized the only major that I would possibly see myself doing was theology. And you know, classic the, the classical story. Yes, I prayed, God, if you do this, I will be a pastor. God, if you make this happen, mm. I will leave everything behind. So the classic story, the and I prayed so hard that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> And it did happen. <laughs> mm. God, God really turned things around, and I, I couldn't say no. I, I promised God that I would do it, and I am so glad that He turned things around because now every day I realize is what I would like to do for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and all of this, I, I mean to say it in a humble way. Uh, I'm, I'm nothing but one else in the army of the Lord of Hosts. Uh, I'm not. I'm nothing else but a uh, one more servant of, of of the Lord. And um, that day when I I prayed, um, 
God, if you make this happen, I will, I will do theology. Mm -hmm. The next morning, that's the very first thing that I see when I wake up. Like, <laughs> it did happen, and I believe that was the moment when I realized that I've been running away for so long, running away for the thing that I didn't know that I needed. Yeah. And every day is a miracle. Sure. Every day is a. Every day, every morning when I wake up is. God, today I will, today I will not forget that I told you I will be your century. Mm -hmm. Today I will not, I will keep in mind that my, my front head will touch the, the, the ground. My knees will touch the, the ground. Uh, the, the Lord is yours. It's a daily battle. Yeah. Man, that is, that is, that uh, is, that is unbelievable. Um. God has some funny ways, man. He, he does. has some interesting ways to do his will and he will he will dive into our, our calendar that we think we got mm. planned out and he will start moving people and time and places uh to get us to where he wants us to be at the end. Um I'm just curious maybe what you would tell somebody that says, you know, I haven't had that moment yet. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had that moment where I've found what my calling is how 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 would you encourage that that person to know that God does have a calling for you? Maybe it's just taking some time what 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 would you tell that person yeah i will I will tell that first of all, I'm very proud of you for your willingness for having the desire of serve God mm. and if you are interested to have that calling is because you are really. You're really interested in serving the Lord. And from my point of view, that's already a calling. Mm. Um just having the willingness. Just having the willingness is a it's a great part of it. Wow. And uh many don't have the willingness and somehow God turns things around. Sure. Um I would say that God God's timing and I am completely sure this is not the first time that you hear this and it's not going to be the last time. But God's timing is perfect. Um, God really creates opportunities, perfect locations, mm. perfect people in the perfect time. And uh, the calling, I couldn't be more proud of you that you're eager, that you're excited, that you wake up every morning thinking, would it be today? Mm -hmm. Would it be today when the mighty think calling will happen? Yeah, and uh, you're you're gonna do great things. You're literally you're gonna reach the sky, mm -hmm. and when you when you do it, all of us, your friends, will be there, praising God and cheering up for you. Yeah, I think sometimes we have this idea that if my calling isn't preaching or being conference president or general conference president yeah. or a huge evangelist with Doug Bachelor, then our calling isn't important, mm. and I think it's the biggest, one of the biggest misunderstandings in our yes. Christian church. It doesn't matter where you're currently at and what job you may currently have. Even if you talk to one person a day, that is influence that you have yeah. as a leader over one person where God has you there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so yes. if you maybe feel like you haven't had that moment, something that I've had to learn very, you know, very easily and very quickly, um, you know, working at a radio station, it's just you behind a microphone, right? Mm. 
And so sometimes it's very easy to forget that there's other people on the other side <laughs> that are listening to you. Right. And someone had to tell me and remind me that, Kelvin, look, at any given moment, there could be 40,000 people listening to your wow. voice. yes. And that's just a small market little radio station that we have here. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that although I haven't graduated yet and I don't have a job and maybe God hasn't placed me in the future wherever he wants me physically or whatever, where I am currently, he's called me mm-hmm. to do his will. Yes. Right? And so those 40,000 people, now I have to be very intentional with what I say mm, right. because anybody that just simply needs a friend could be listening and waiting for right. that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we sometimes think that it has to be this big, humongous thing that God has. Right. But even in the littlest areas of our life, he is calling us to lead and, and calling us to just kind of be his example, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere that we go. Last last question here. I I don't know if maybe you know that the the background of this um, of our theme for the school year, which is praise. And I don't know if maybe you were part of the team that figured it out or chose the word, but I think the word is perfect because I think we can do it in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of that word, and you think of your life and where you are now, how do those two go together your praise and and where you are right now and i guess maybe for the school year and for the university i remember last semester my my friends in slad they would they used to make fun of me for saying praise jesus um i heard it in a sermon in a church um in uh, philadelphia somebody said uh praise jesus and that sounded kind of strange. Uh, I mean, I heard praise God, praise the Lord, but I never heard like praise Jesus. And I just liked it. And a friend, a group of friends uh, and me, we was just said in the church here. And there was one day that they, um, uh, somebody said, oh, that that's going to be our, our uh, phrase. That's going to be our, our, our topic for, for next, next year. year. <laughs> for next school year. And then I, I was like, you're making fun of me. <laughs> but, uh, uh when i think about it like that is true like praise praise jesus mm. um i like our culture that is um it's it's a culture of praise when you say hi to people they say hi how are you a hey, good praise the lord bien gracias a dios uh-huh. you stay bendito dios bien bless the lord i'm okay um when you say bye oh hasta luego uh, see you later. Uh, goodbye. Uh, God bless you. Que Dios te bendiga. Yeah. That and I I don't say that our culture is the only one that does it, but I grew up unconsciously answering, uh, mentioning the name of God in the in conversations, mm. and then I realized nothing that I could get to be one day, that I could get to accomplish, will make any sense if I don't praise God. Mm. Whoa. My people, that was some gold right there. I'm gonna ask you to repeat that. Uh Lord be to the Lord. Uh say that again for us. Uh, nothing that I can get to accomplish. Nothing that I can get to will make any sense 
if I don't praise God. Mm. It's good. There, there's a feeling, a s- sensation that uh, it, it's just, I like to think it's divine. I like to think it's heavenly mm. to be in, in a room in King, Texas and close it, close my eyes and immediately reach the sky. Yeah. And immediately be in a heavenly atmosphere. Glory be to the Lord. Uh-huh. God really be turning things around. God really be opening ways. The chain breaker and the miracle breaker. Mm-hmm. Even if today was the worst day of my life. When when I get to the end of the day, I will still have a reason why to praise God. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why to praise in the future. Uh, the other day, a friend of mine, Kevin Pintor, said, it's crazy to think that from now until a week, there's a blessing waiting for me in a week. And why not to praise for something that hasn't happened yet? Mm. Well, why not to praise as it had happened already? The The Greek, the Hebrew is very expressive. And it's, it's just wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. If I get to understand everything that I'm praising God for, not really. <laughs> if I get to understand everything that I say when I praise God, I I do. But sometimes it's just the end, the happiness that the thoughts just come, come through, pass through our minds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's one of the reasons why we were created. Yeah. To, to praise God. To praise God. I think what's really cool about the word, and I think the word has and comes at a perfect time, is because we just went through two years of confusion, right? Yeah. Where the world was in just a whirlwind. And at the end of it all, yeah. we're back at another school year, making it through. Amen. And praising God at the same time. Yes. And so I love the word. Uh, and I'm glad that you kept saying it so they could make fun of you enough <laughs> so that we could have the word be our theme for the school year. Um, hey, you see how God works? He just works in weird ways, man. Amen. Um, Alan, this has been a fantastic conversation. I- I've been wanting to sit down and just kind of pick your brain and kind of get your story because I think it could be a blessing for someone and hopefully hopefully it has been if, if you're listening wherever you are. But thank you again, Alan, so much. I appreciate you being here. Hey, thank you, Kelvin. It's an honor and um it's a i'm blessed to be to have you as a friend yeah i really appreciate you you, brother praise the lord i'm glad i'm glad that we are here um and uh it was an honor to hear your story and and kind of talk about a couple of things wherever you're listening look if you were blessed uh, i'd encourage you to share this episode uh just click that little share button wherever you're listening and uh put on your facebook instagram twitter snapchat facebook whatever it is that you like to do you don't know who you can bless by just simply clicking share on, on an episode um, and letting God speak through whatever you needed to hear or whatever you think someone else may need to hear. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, of course, with another brand new episode. We're going to keep on rolling through the semester here. School is tough. Work is tough. But, man, we're going to keep pumping out the episodes for you guys. And uh, got some great guests over the next few weeks. So thanks so much for supporting Elevate and everything that you do. For Alan, my name is Kelvin. 
and we'll see you next time. Remember, like we always say here at Elevate, there's always room for one more.